Okay, what what is the deal with all these protesters? Like, don't they see how silly they are? In the name of fighting genocide, you're calling for genocide? It doesn't make any sense. How do you make sense of that? And how do we uproot that darkness when it lives inside of us? Welcome to Consciously, a podcast focused on honest conversations for regular people seeking spiritual growth. Here's our host, Menachem Poznanski. Hey, Consciously family, welcome back. So it's a, it's a heavy time out there for those listening to this on time. Hopefully some of you will. Uh, though I think the message we have today is really important for always. But it's definitely a little bit of a current event kind of thing. Uh, you know, considering thinking about heading out to Washington. Well, I'm going to go, please God. Um, but um, just thinking about what that trip will look like. The meaningfulness of being around so many Jews gathering in order to try to advance the well-being of other Jews. And the, the joy that that must bring our Creator. And, um, and the good that that is for our people. But also thinking about like the counter-protesters and what I might say to them if I could sit and talk to them or how I'm supposed to process all that. And most importantly, like how that really relates to my life because though we don't love to look at things that way, we are human just as much as they are. So even if we feel that we're in the right, we're just as susceptible to falling into traps the way that they are. So I think that there's really an underlying message here to kind of uncover maybe our own liabilities that we can't see because you can never see your own liabilities. So what's with all those protesters? That's what we want to know. Like, how are we supposed to process all that, all these people? I'm not talking about, like, the people on the side of Hamas. I'm not talking about the people that are actually supporting, like, functionally supporting Hamas, the Hamas members themselves. And I'm not talking about, like, Palestinians that live in Gaza. It's... First of all, not the context of this podcast, but also beyond our understanding. I'm talking about those people, the people that support Hamas. They are simply agents of evil and death. But what about everyone else? What about these well-meaning college students, supposedly well-meaning college students that are protesting in favor of Palestine, calling for, you know, saying things like from the river to the sea, which is in and of itself... Yeah, genocide in the name of fighting against genocide. How, how do you wrap your head around that? What do you do with that? What, what are they thinking? It's easy for us to sit here on this side of the, of, the, of the pond, so to speak, from this side of the argument and point at their stupidity or how silly it is, meaning not the stupidity of their argument or ideal per se even, but the way in which they are so self-contradictory, it's so obvious that they've lost sight of truth. But if we lost sight of truth, would we also see it? Like, they can't see it, so what can't we see? I guess you're thinking. But before we get there, I want to thank you for joining the podcast. I want to invite you to give us five stars and a review and subscribe. Or more importantly, I hate asking for that stuff. More importantly, share this podcast with a friend that you think would benefit from it. Because I'm doing this for you, and I'm doing this for them, and I'm doing this for myself, and 
you know, there's for sure some people that might really appreciate maybe the things I have to say. So share this with them. Uh, expand the TL, the, uh, the consciously family, if you'd like. Um, also you can check us out on, uh, our website, thelightrevealed.org and on, on social media. If you partake in those things, uh, at the light revealed on Instagram and on Facebook, Zoe does a great job putting out good material. They actually just released some like swag. So we put together some swag on a website called Teespring, really fun stuff. Uh, it's like classic remakes of some TLR swag and then also some new swag related to our, um, what's good for your soul. Do that series that people seem to have liked. But anyway, let's jump into it. So how do we understand these people? How do we understand those people? How do we understand ourselves? And really one of the main key components to understanding how lost someone can become in an ideology of falsehood is to really begin to unpack and understand virtue seeking the danger of when we seek a sense of virtue out of darkness. So in order to understand virtue seeking, we have to understand what virtue is. And we have to understand what that whole mechanism is. What does that mean, virtue seeking? People say those things. It's clear that, you know, anyone who kind of has a cursory awareness of what virtue seeking is, you know, knows that these people, they're seeking to feel good about themselves. They're seeking to be agents of a cause of good that will give their lives meaning. But what does that really mean? How do we understand that and, and how do we respond to it? So anytime you're getting into a conversation about meaning, particularly when it involves me directing the conversation, which I am here, um, it draws our mind back to Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl talked about the in, inherent power of the will to meaning. You know, different psychological theorists particularly in the early, you know, the pioneers of psychological theory, really wanted to understand the underlying will of a person, meaning what drives a person forward. And the, the sense was is that if we could uncover the underlying will of a person, we could go to the core of who they were and then help them to overcome their challenges, help them to heal from their distortions and illnesses, and help them to live fuller, more um, effectuated lives. So Frankel's idea in that was that at the core of a person is the most essential core of a person is their will to meaning, essentially a drive to feel a sense of purpose, to feel a sense of goodness, to feel a sense that they are doing something of value and importance. Or and Frankel takes it even this far, to feel like they're just part of something. I mean, it doesn't have to even be good, but that they're part of some kind of greater good. That this will to meaning is what drives humans. Most importantly, not necessarily in the sense of driving them to do things that are self-destructive, though it's very clear to see that that often occurs, but rather the key to really harnessing, um, the, the key that can be harnessed in order to bring about um, healing and self-actualization is this will to meaning to chat to, to harness the power of the will to meaning to invite the person into a life of purposefulness and meaningfulness now when our will when our will to meaning and purpose meets our ego 
which is our, our sense of worth and value, our inner sense of worth and value, you find our sense of virtue, our sense that we are participants in something of meaning, and therefore because we are participants in something of meaning, we have a sense of inherent value, right? So ego can mean I have a sense of inherent value because I'm loved, let's say, right? Or I have a sense of value because I am, right? Like the idea of inherent worth, right? And we're not talking about ego yet in a negative context here. We're just talking about it in the sense of what is, my sense of self-awareness of what I am. Now, it doesn't even have to be a measure of worth around ego. It could just be what I am. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a part of a community. It's my sense of identity can also be wrapped up in my ego. But when my ego meets and kisses my will to meaning, you begin to touch upon the way in which I feel worthwhile because I have meaning and purpose. I am part of a process of meaning and purpose. And that, that feeling, that experience, that sense of self is what we call virtue. Now, virtue seeking is a distortion of virtue. It's an outgrowth of a scarcity of self-esteem, which is a place of insecurity of one's worthiness. When someone exists in a place of, of doubting, of failing to see and understand, of living in scarcity and insecurity of one's own worthiness, they run the risk of falling into the trap of virtue seeking. You see, virtue seeking is a deep desire to prove one's own meaning because the sense of inherent or achieved meaning is not there. Right? This is this is the this is the hinge of the whole point that I want to make here. When we begin to understand that when our ego meets our will to meaning, all good things, or at least benign things, we have a sense of virtue. But when I don't have a sense of value, when I don't have a sense of personal value, when I don't respect myself, when I when when what's inside is a sense of 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 scarcity, of there's not enough, then oftentimes the distortion that occurs is that people look to their will to meaning to give them that sense of virtue. If I can attach myself to a cause greater than myself, then maybe I can begin to feel okay with myself. When I feel okay with myself and I meet my meaning, I feel a sense of my own virtue. I feel good about who I am. I feel good about who I am because I feel good about who I am. I inherently accept myself. And I feel good about who I am because I have a will to meaning and I'm driven towards that meaning and then I take action towards that meaning. And now that sense of self becomes expanded and wholesome and fulfilled. But when my sense of self is devoid of that inherent sense of value, it's devoid of any good, and therefore it's like a, like a, like a, a ravenous dog that, need, that hasn't been fed in weeks, a pit bull that hasn't been fed in a few weeks, and then you open the door to the will to meaning, meaning you give me as a human some sense that I can attach myself to a cause that is good, then what occurs is the person starts seeking that sense of virtue from the cause itself. However, the problem is, as we're going to see, because the person's coming from a place of scarcity, 
because the person's coming from a, a lack of a place of connectedness with their own sense of their own inner higher power, which is a connection to God, but their own also their own sense of inherent worth, distortion follows in every which way. So, so let's back up for a moment. Okay, so this is how it is. You see, when someone has a sense of their own inherent worth and they want to, f- to feel better, to do better, they achieve and experience a sense of virtue organically by living and acting out their principles and by walking toward their own meaning and purpose. In this frame, the outcome is not what matters, but rather their sense of awareness of their own dutifulness to their mission. They can start to practice the teachings of the sages, which is lo alacha, lo alacha, ligmor. It's not their job to finish the mission. It's their job to carry out the mission the best that they can. They know they have done their best, and they can tolerate, therefore, their own limits as well as the world around them. You see, virtue is not something to be sought or proven for these people, for, for us when we're in that space. Rather, it is a reality that can be experienced and actualized. Meaning, when I know that I, when I have a will to meaning, meaning I know my ideals, I know what I want, and I have a sense of my own self-worth, that, and then I feel that I want to do better, those two powers, those two forces, my sense of inherent worth, meaning I deserve to live a, a life of goodness, and I know what a life of goodness, or have a sense, not, we don't know anything, but I have a sense of what a life of goodness looks like, I can begin to head there. But because I'm not coming from a place of scarcity, because I'm not coming from a place of, of hunger, thirst, and starvation, spiritual starvation, I can do the best that I can and know that I am part of a broader mission and I'm going to do my best and then surrender to the rest of it. Because again, I'm not coming from a place of starvation, scarcity, and thirst. I'm not coming from a place of, of, of a dramatic form of panic. But when someone, when we, each of us, lack a sense of healthy spirit, a spiritually healthy ego, when we operate from a place of a scarcity of self-worth, then virtue is not something that we want or are walking towards. Rather, it becomes something that we must have. We must have it because we're starving for a sense of worth. And virtue, or at least the sense of virtue, will give it to us. So therefore, we must prove it over and over and over again because it constantly needs to be in place to cover up the deep-lying self-despisement that lies of the heart of the consciousness of these people. When we get lost in such a place, virtue is something that I must seek, and it's something I must display to others. Because even if I don't believe it, even if inside I despise myself because I know that I'm not good enough, if I can signal to you that virtue is there, perhaps I'll be able to sleep at night. See, the danger of operating from a place of scarcity is that it leaves no room for limitation. It leaves no room for the unideal, and it leaves no room for others that don't share my worldview. They must be wrong, or someone, especially me, will find out that I am wrong. From this space, a dark pathology of hatred and bias emerges, as well as a deep sense of mistrust of others. 
Why? Because operating from a paradigm of scarcity means one is forced into an orthodoxy of ideology, ideology that might not even be true, but must be true, or else I might be exposed. It leads a person to hate anyone who doesn't agree with them, and it leaves us exposed to the whims of our own inner darkness and territorial natures. This is why those that are standing up in compassion for the ideal of a free Palestine so, easy, so easily fall into the, to the, into the insanity of calling for actual genocide and doing so violently and through intimidation of anyone who doesn't share their ideal or prerogative. Then, to cover up their charade, they have to invent thought systems that justify their insanity. The Jews of Israel become colonizers and thereby worthy recipients of the genocide that they are trying or at least calling for in the name of reducing genocide. In fact, the, for that person, my calling of, their gen, of, of genocide is actually an inherent good and it actually displays my virtue and the virtue of my cause which makes me good because I am part of the cause of good because really, I deeply hate myself inside. But if I attach myself to a cause that has meaning, then maybe I can feel good. Then in the process, what emerges is biases that have been there. So you have people that see themselves as liberal, open-minded, loving of people doing Hail Hitler salutes. That doesn't make any sense at all, even if they believe in their ideology, even if they were to believe in this whole idea that colonizers somehow are worth, are, are worthy of being punished by perpetuating upon them the same thing that they supposedly did back, even if that were true, now you want to make yourself a vehicle of Hitler? It doesn't make any sense. They know that Hitler is wrong, but they become so distorted that the darkness inside of their own hearts, their own territorialism, their own tribalism, their own sense of hate that lives down deep inside their own DNA becomes exploding outward. These individuals become agents of a twisted and dark pretzel of hatred, which history has shown leaves a society to the whims of homicidal maniacs, all in the name of prosperity and good and abundance. We have examples of this throughout the 20th century. What I'm saying is not a political statement. It's simply observatory of everything that's gone on in human history for the last 250 years. In fact, it's likely what led to Hamas gaining control of Gaza and then in turn raising a generation of sick hatred in the first place. The leaders of Hamas are homicidal, socio sociopathic lunatics, but they leverage the good of the well-being of their people to manipulate people and then enrich themselves on the back of the poor people that they then parade out in order to further enrich themselves. This is the sickness of hate that surrounds the current manifestations of human history, not just in this circumstance, but as we said, for hundreds of years. So what do we do? I mean, in fact, really thousands of years, if you really think about it, but even just in the last 250 years with the advent of democracy and the sense of, of the way in which this power can be driven by uh, a populace. So what do we do? Meaning, how do we respond to such a thing? What do we do in order to like live in the presence of this? And as we said before, how do we make sure that we don't fall into that same trap 
maybe not because we're going to support some kind of insanity like like Hamas terrorist organization, but what about the manifestations of this darkness in our own personal lives? The first thing is we have to, obviously, practically, is do mitzvahs, do good things, bring light into the world, but also prepare for the struggle ahead and protect ourselves against those people that sadly have become agents of this darkness. But perhaps more than anything else, and also through those means as well, we must learn for ourselves the darkness of scarcity-driven virtue-seeking. We must first and foremost defeat this enemy, the sickness of the human condition that lives within ourselves. You see, it's not so much about whether or not we expose their falsehood. It's not so much about whether we show the world that we have a voice. And it's not so much about whether we do more kind things though all those things are inherently good. What it's really about is whether we all do those things from a place of scarcity, insecurity, and subtle self-hatred to prove to everyone that we are right so that maybe we won't have to feel how much we question ourselves. Instead, we have to act in conviction from a place of abundance, abundance of spirit, abundance of purpose, abundance of meaning, abundance of virtue, abundance of love, and abundance of God's presence. You see, that's what Am Yisrael Chai means, Am Yisrael Chai, not because we have nowhere to go, as very, very distorted people have said, but simply because we are. We are called to serve, to lead, and to draw light in to illuminate the world, but most importantly, to give fulfillment to the will of the Creator, to give nachas to our Father in Heaven, who had this moment, right now, that we are in, in mind, before any of creation was even a conceptualized thought. We need to step away from this darkness. You see, when our sense of meaning draws from a void, from a scarcity of self that comes along with conflicts of ego, we are driven to seek to prove ourselves, often by proving to others that we are virtuous, that we have meaning, and thereby are worthy. The only antidote to that is Am Yisrael Chai a sense of inherent worth and value, channeled into our will to meaning, carried out outward through positive action, through protecting ourselves because we deserve it, and through standing up against those who wish to harm us, with faith and trust carrying out our ideas and principles into everyday life. Those are my thoughts. For all, everyone who's coming to Washington or went, Get an awesome time. Maybe we'll meet there. Have a great day. Thank you for joining the Consciously family. Consciously is brought to you by The Light Revealed, a social media publisher bringing messages of Jewish spirituality and recovery to whoever is looking for them. Consciously is made possible by the kindness of the Capellius family in memory of Tzipora Bas Ravaram. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review and subscribe wherever else you get your podcasts. We love connecting with you, so please check out our website, thelightrevealed.org. Feel free to email us at thelightrevealed at tlrfamily.org. Our producer is Morty Schwartz. Our social media content team is Zoe Poznanski and Tahilo Nasanian. The assistant to the regional co-host is Shmaya Hanekman, and our music is by Eitan Katz featuring Zusha. Thank you for joining, and we wish you the most blessed day in only revealed ways. Mm-hmm.